Hey, women's basketball fans, welcome to Gotta Get Up, a podcast for New York Liberty fans brought to you by Black Rosie Media and hosted by Erica L. Ayala. And we are here for a special edition of Gotta Get Up, a podcast for New York Liberty fans. And we're actually going to talk a little bit more about the Washington Mystics, who the Liberty will play on Sunday. And I am joined by Misha Jones, who, of course, is going to be our guest and our expert to talk about the Washington Mystics. Misha, what's up? How you doing? Erica, I am doing so, so, so well. I'm so honored to even be on this podcast with you today, I'm excited to talk some mystics, some liberty, and to preview this matchup with you. It's going to be a good time. Obviously, you know, the uh, New York Liberty got that super team stamp, and then we got licked by the Mystics game one out the gate. So we're definitely going to go back to that. I mean, bragging rights with the Mystics. We can't say nothing about that. Not to mention, <laughs> y'all already got a championship. We still working on ours. Yeah, so yeah. we're going to get into um, more so just what the teams this year have been doing, especially in the last three games leading up to Sunday. Um, you know, we're recording this and the, the Liberty will play later today. So we won't uh, be re- reviewing uh, Friday's game, but we'll get into it. But uh, Misha, every time on Black Rosie Media and basically anywhere else, especially when I got folks, you know, folks, folks on yes. the podcast, we got to <laughs> ask the ultimate question. It's the brown sugar question. And we remix it here for sports. So Misha, the question is, when did you fall in love with basketball and before we have you answer though so i don't i don't know what the answer is gonna be but i had to hit you with the because you, you you came you came with some receipts hey, here. Yo. you came with some receipts like goat. come on like what we doing come on so i mean it seems like the love story's been ongoing uh-huh <laughs> okay you said it was gonna be a surprise you did you did and i walked right into it too yep wow that's hilarious. Um, when did I fall in love with basketball? Probably, I, I don't remember taking any of those pictures. Obviously, I was a, I was a wee babe. But um, I would say around the age of five or six, I was playing bitty ball. Um, I was watching my uncles, my dad kind of play pickup at cookouts and that kind of thing. And I'm like, I want to play. You know, naturally, kids want to do whatever they see their adults and uh, their older siblings, older cousins, older family members do. Um So I think that's just kind of where it came from. It was a natural thing. It wasn't, you know, they had to force me to do it. They tried to get me to do, you know, soccer and ballet. I got kicked out of ballet. And I was like, you know, if I like basketball, I might as well stick with it. So I love it. All right. And hey, sounds like it's been good to you. We were talking off offline a little bit, got to play even in college. And and, you know, um, obviously, we're going to talk a little bit about the WNBA. But when you think of what being able to dribble a basketball and just having that, that passion, that love, as you said, sharing that with family, it sounds like, and then having the opportunity to compete at a high level. I mean, in, in what ways do you think that has kind of shaped who you are and what you do, how you look at the world? Um, I'd say it, first of all, I owe basketball so much. Um, basketball gave me some of my closest friends. Basketball gave me opportunities to travel and education, all that good stuff. Um, but I think it it taught me work ethic. It taught me that if you have a goal, you know, it's not going to happen overnight. It's not a situation where you can wake up the next morning, you know, go to sleep one night and say, you know what, tomorrow I want to be this. And the next morning, boom, it's right. It's right on your plate. 
Um, you really got to work hard for the things you want in this life. Um, basketball definitely taught me that. It taught me leadership skills, taught me how to advocate for myself, um, for others, for my teammates, for, you know, um, on campus, we had a lot of off-campus initiatives with, you know, the ARC uh, organization, who my William & Mary folks are going to know exactly who I'm talking about, uh, all the, you know, local elementary schools and, and giving back in that way. I think uh, basketball instilled that in me as well. But overall, it's just people call soccer the beautiful game. I think basketball is the beautiful game. Um, and that's no tea, no shade, because I love me some soccer, too. We were just talking about, you know, Shea Butter FC and all that's that good right. stuff. Shout out, part yeah, of the Black Rosie family. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, I love that. And, I mean, we already pretty much determined that you're just going to have to come back on the show. So <laughs> That's um, fine. Look, you know, that's we, fine. Listen, we're going we're gonna to have you back. We got All-Star that we got to talk about. But first, let's talk about this Washington Mystic squad. Because, I mean, I think there are a lot of storylines throughout the entire WNBA. Obviously, we here on Gotta Get Up have focused a lot on the New York Liberty storylines. But as I kind of alluded to the Liberty, we, we, we learned pretty quick <laughs> that Washington is not here. They're not to be trifled with. Um, and as of right now, again, we're recording on Friday. Uh, we have the matchup on Sunday, but these t- two teams are stacked right on top of each other in the mm-hmm. top five in the WNBA and the Liberty. Uh, they are seven and three. The, the mystics are eight and four, but I'm going to go to you because you're the expert and we're really leaning into getting to at least for the case of the Liberty and knowing our opponent, I didn't want to say enemy, just our opponent. <laughs> knowing our opponent. I told you yeah. I was wearing the New York hat just to, <laughs> to chill the vibes a little bit. And here you I, go. I mean, yeah, about- you know, like we're good. Unless you Tarika and you talk about talking trash, how we not a super team. Nah, she, she knows I love her, but she also knows I will talk that trash. But um, no, it's all friendly here. But you know, what have you seen from from the Mystics, we we again know that they beat the Liberty coming out the gate. But you know, what has the the vibe been like so far? Honestly, it's also been up and down on this side. I think uh, started off the season pretty strong. Obviously, being y'all be, having a couple wins, you know, at the top of the season. <laughs> but since then, this is a team that I think has kind of been struggling to find an offensive identity. Um, obviously, a slew of talent. You got Elena Deladon, Shakira Austin, Tasha Cloud. All, I could go through the whole roster, but um, that that doesn't always equate to production on the offensive end. Um, defensively, we know the Mystics are still tops in the league. Um, last time I checked in defensive rating, but offensively, it was all about spacing. Uh, Coach Tebow talked about that a lot in, in his pressers for the first quarter of the season. Um, all about kind of being decisive for me. Um, I think everybody looks at Elena and she gets doubles. She gets attention. Of course she does because she's Elena <laughs> Deladon. Um, but for me, this team is at their best when the spacing is good. The ball movement is is crisp. Uh, they have simultaneous actions happening uh, at the same time. So a ball screen and maybe a stagger off ball. Um, but for me, the key is everyone is a threat when the Mystics are at their best offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, consistently, you know, three or four players have to be in double figures to me for them to be at their peak offensive production. Um, and then defensively, you know, when they're asserting their physicality, when they're switching seamlessly, um, because you do have Shakira Austin, you do have EDD who can, you know, uh, like we saw in the last matchup with with New York, switch out onto UNESCO, switch out onto Sloot if need be, um, and keep them from really getting off. Um, but yeah, that's that's the team that I love to watch. I think they're finally hitting their stride again um, off these last three games, which I'm sure we'll get into here shortly. But uh, 
Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> you mean you talk about the, the offense a little bit there. The the Mystics are averaging seventy six point two points per game while keeping opponents to seventy two point five points per game. You mentioned Elena Deladon and Shakira Austin, top two leading scorers for the team, eighteen point four points per game right now for Deladon, eleven point eight right now for Shakira Austin, and I really have liked seeing what Austin. I mean, like like you said, Elena Deladon you get what you get. I think the storyline for EDD coming into this season was that she was feeling healthy. Yes. Strong back. Yep. Yes. Strong back. And that is a dangerous EDD to see. And I think, again, the Liberty, we don't, we, we found out early on. Now, <laughs> now EDD has been out of the lineup just a touch here and there. It doesn't seem like anything uh, lingering or nagging, but Shakira Austin, I mean, has been fantastic, um, has eight rebounds per game, which I think is going to be really interesting to see in this Sunday matchup. And we'll get to that in a little bit, but you also mentioned coach Tebow. Now it used to be that we were thinking Mike, yeah. but now <laughs> we got Eric. And this is honestly a storyline I have been very curious about, but have not heard many people talk about. So what have you seen as the transition from Mike Tebow head coach to now Eric Tebow head coach? I think Eric obviously was ready to step into that role. I don't think Mike Tebow being winning winning his coach in WNBA history would have been okay with it if he, you know, if he didn't know his son was ready to do it. Um, but from going to the games, from watching the games, he's in it. He's intense. You know, he likes to get on the refs and, and make sure that, you know, they're getting the calls that they need to get. I know Elena had some issues with, with some of the uh, way she was being officiated earlier in the season. And she mm -hmm. made some, some public comments about that. But from what I've seen, I mean, Eric Tebow is just like Mike. He'll, he'll fight for his players. Um, he knows what he's doing as far as changing up defensive schemes, going man, going zone at times. Um, and yeah, it, it seems seamless to me. You know what I mean? I, I don't think uh, there's there's been no super coaching blunders. Uh, I think I've, I've been <laughs> super happy with, with what he's done so far and excited to see what he does next. Yeah. And I mean, you mentioned the seamless transition, of course, Eric Tebow was on his father's staff for a, a really long time. And so this is an organization he knows. He knows the system that at least the players have been familiar with, not necessarily saying that he's not able to, obviously he's the head coach now, he can do what he wants. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think there is something to that consistency, that continuity. Um, and we've seen, you know, that was the the Achilles, if you will, um, or the pain point for the New York Liberty in that first matchup is yeah. that it's a lot of talent, a lot of talent, mm -hmm. like literally zero days together in the regular season yeah. as compared to the, the Washington Mystics. Now, y'all have had pieces come, pieces go, every team does, but the core, you know, we mentioned Austin, we've mentioned... EDD, but I mean, let's talk about Natasha Cloud. Yeah, let's talk about Natasha Cloud. She's okay, uh... wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love some Natasha Cloud. I think, you know, Who doesn't? Like, uh, <laughs> watching her growth from when she first got into the league to now, I mean, night and day, you know, mm -hmm. talk about somebody who added a piece or pieces every season she's been in the league. Natasha Cloud is the poster child for that. I think, um, mm. As a leader, she's grown significantly as well on and off the court. As we know, she's very involved with 
you know, um, gun control and, and all sorts of different things in the DC community specifically. Um, but yeah, as a player, she, I've seen her kind of blossom into a shooter. As we all know, she put us on notice last season, didn't she? <laughs> She's go. a shooter now, um, but she attacks the basket so well. She can make reads for Elena, for Shakira, for the rest of the, the squad, the, the weapons that they have. Um, and yeah, she's a really key piece, I think, to this matchup coming up as well. But we'll get to that. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. Um, you know, I, I want to give you a chance to to talk about maybe some some players that aren't being talked about enough. Um, but I do want to ask uh, and I'm not sure where this player falls, but I, I wonder wh where you see Christy Tolliver fitting into <laughs> this year's Washington Mystic squad. Let me tell you what, you did your research, didn't you? I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh, my goodness. So uh, I am a big Christy Tolliver head, uh, have been <laughs> since Maryland. Um, she's a sniper. She's she's deadly from anywhere on New the York court. knows. Oh, we remember <laughs> She, she was like, oh, you won the Eastern Conference? <laughs> Dead that. You ain't going nowhere. I was like, hurt my heart, my feelings. Oh, in the corner, just pow. Okay, anyway, continue, continue. Yeah, she's, uh, she's obviously a veteran now at 36, I believe, um, 12 or 13 seasons in the league. So she's, she's seasoned. She's got two different championships with two different squads, knows how to adapt to her role. Because um, there were seasons where she didn't play a huge role um, throughout mm -hmm. the course of her career, but like Natasha Cloud has kind of added something to the bag each year. Um, she's a great facilitator. I think uh, I can't remember which of the most recent games it was, but she and EDD got a lot of time together. Um, and I think it kind of was a great reminder of the chemistry that those two have. Because um, right. 2019, it was the EDD and Chrissy Tolliver show, if I remember correctly. <laughs> um, she was hitting bombs. She was making great passes. And I think we've seen uh, bits and pieces of that so far this season. But obviously she's injured. Uh, at the moment, out with, I think, some plantar fasciitis, which is not fun. If you've ever dealt with that, not fun at all. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, as the season goes on, I'm curious to see how Eric Tebow uh, continues to use her and the rest of the bench that they have, because I believe they have a lot of production um, that they could, you know, still continue to try and maximize. I mean, and again, we're going to have to have you back on because I think when you have, I, I have always believed, and I will continue to say that having veterans on WNBA teams is critically important. Yeah. I mean, technically there's 12 roster spots, but we know that a lot of times these teams are rolling with like 10, yeah. you know, and then, you know, you know, nine and a possible, like, you know, it's like maybe kind of sort of, you know, I can make that work with that. Um, but, um, but I want to, I, I would love to have you back to talk a little bit more about tallership at uh, tallership. Hello. Ooh, maybe that's what we'll call it. Ooh. That's what we'll call it. There I we like go. That. Just made up a word. <laughs> Tolliver and leadership, aka tallership. We just made it up on the spot right here. Black Rosie Media. Let's go. Yep. Um, but but I, I, I said I wanted to talk about other players and maybe we as New York Liberty fans and and journalists are not keeping a keen eye on but that as someone who follows the mystics you see the grind you see the work in practice and you see the results on the court who are some players that you really are looking to step up um especially uh given this game coming up on sunday um honestly it's kind of the usual suspects to me these are folks who um tend to fly under the radar sometimes because you do have the star the star power excuse me on this on this squad that you see in Elena Deladon that you see in Shakira Austin. But mm -hmm. for me, it's Ariel Atkins and Brittany Sykes. They round out that starting five. 
Both of them are slashers when they need to be. Both of them can knock down shots when they need to be. And most importantly to me, they are lockdown defenders at the wing spot. So you can put them up against anybody and they're going to give you their best effort and try to neutralize whoever that is. Um, But off the bench, I'm a huge Maisha Hines Allen uh, aficionado over here. (laughs) I love love just the tenacity that she plays with. Obviously, she's not super – she hasn't had a lot of reps in game because she's just coming back from injury. Um, but I love the impact that she has rebounding the ball on the floor. Um, she's smaller kind of at the four position, but, you know, it, it doesn't matter. When you play big, um, you can defend anybody and you can go get those uh, those O boards and putbacks and things of that nature. Um, I think I'm also a big fan of Shatori Walker-Kimbrough, who was also on that 2019 squad. Um, and you'll yeah. notice the theme here. You know, there's a lot of folks from that 2019 <laughs> squad. Um, Tiana Hawkins as well. I think she's a threat from the mid-range. Uh, you leave her open in the trail four spots, you might be able to shoot that three from the top of the key as well. Um, but they've just got a whole lot of weapons, a whole lot of weapons. Yeah. And again, it's it's all up to Eric Tebow to figure out how to max that out. That's it. <laughs> I will, I, I'm going I'm to keep it real because, you know, I, I say what I say and I stand by it. But because okay. um, there was, um, what, what year was that? That Shaturi walker kimbrough was like a part of this random i really thought it was really random but like a a, a trade and it involved the new york liberty and i was like you know i don't think that's a good fit for the liberty (laughs) you know i just didn't think shatori what we needed um that her game was gonna fit that being said and shatori you know has seen little bouts here and there but come has come back to the mystics and as much as i didn't think it was a fit for us I can see, I see it, I see it work. And honestly, that's that's how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I think a lot of times as journalists, as people who are critical at times of how teams play, including the teams that we we cover um, and other teams as well, like sometimes you you gotta come with it. And I was like, Shatori, I don't, I don't, I don't see that. I don't see that vision. It's not, it's not really what I think we need, but I do see how Shatori is such a critical part for Washington. So yeah. I just wanted to put that out there. Oh, yeah. some, um, Shatori, I know some people know. <laughs> Shatori can, can get in there and defend as well. I think um, yeah. I put her kind of in the same category with Sykes and Atkins as, you know, someone mm. who can stop your primary ball handler. But I did forget to mention the newcomer to the Mystics, Lee Mung, who is currently ah, okay. over yep. in Asia right now. Let me not forget Lee Mung. The, the female not. Steph Curry, I believe she's called over in China, um, but she's been a, such a wonderful addition to this team. Yeah, I mean, of course, Hanju. Now, I'll be honest, that's another player where I'm like, I see the potential. I see the growth even in the Liberty squad. I just don't know if it's the right time right now for mm-hmm. Han, but unfortunately we won't get to see that matchup as you mentioned. I mean, unfortunately for us, great for them uh, <laughs> to, to, you know, be able to represent their national team. Um, but yeah, that would, and, uh, I think their personalities uh, are just a lot of fun. Yeah, I know you <laughs> saw that video of Lee Mung yeah, and, and Tosh did. Cloud. And, <laughs> and... <laughs> that was adorable. That was, that was, that was so a good one. That was a good one. Fun. Oh man. Um, okay. So before we get into predictions, I have, uh, and Brian and I, when we talk post game, we've been doing these charts. I don't know if you've seen these pretty charts now. Mm-hmm. We got, we got data analytics in the Stats. W. Yep. Let's go. <laughs> so this is just some data visualization from the first game, first game of the season, first matchup between these 
And what stands out to me is you can see that top chart, the New York Liberty, we, we got a little cute in the beginning and then it was like, <laughs> wah, 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 wah. <laughs> like y'all, y'all took over the game. And a part of that is in things that I think are going to be things that will determine the game, which team can do better fast break points. Obviously the, the Washington mystics took care of that. Uh, Team rebounds about even, and then the turnovers. Yeah, you know, and those the, the, those all in in one way or another, directly or indirectly, at some point in time, are going to they're going to feed into each other. So, what do you think is the key to success for the Mystics now? And and let me know: is this regardless of opponent or? thinking specifically about New York, what do you think is going to be, um, will lead to a W for the Washington Mystics? I think limiting, um, they, they talked a lot about, uh, last night they played in, in one at Chicago and they talked a lot about small defensive lapses and not letting those turn into, you know, snowball into something bigger with this New York Liberty team, because y'all are so loaded one lapse, can be disastrous. You know what I mean? Like you mess up on one defensive assignment, New York figures out how to exploit you and that's a wrap from there, you know? Um, so for me, it's cleaning those up, shoring them up as soon as possible um, and not letting those lapses affect offensive energy. A lot of times it's the other way around. We talk about, oh, you're missing shots on offense and it can affect the way you play defense. For me, because this Mystics team uh, has their identity more so in defense, it works the other mm -hmm. way around. Um, yeah. This episode of Gotta Get Up is brought to you by our new sponsor, the Bounceless Control Sports Bra. No more sacrificing your form to control the bounce. No more feeling embarrassed because your breasts want to work out on their own. No more doubling or tripling to make it through workouts. Now, one sports bra gives you the support you need. And our listeners and viewers over on Black Rosie Media will get 15% off their first order by using code B. RM, which of course stands for Black Rosie Media. So head to bounceless.com to get your bounceless control sports bra and get back to your active life. Uh, talking specifically more about New York, I think there's three matchups to me. Uh, if we can move into that bit of the segment that, that really, <laughs> yeah, that really are going to be indicative of, you know, who's going to have the upper hand here. And first for me, it's got to be Natasha Cloud and Sabrina Ionescu. Who wins that matchup? Who is the aggressor? Um, for me, you know, of course, I'm looking at this from, from Washington's perspective. If Cloud can take Sabrina out of her rhythm early and get in her space, I think that affects the flow of New York's offense, even if she's not the primary ball handler at the time. Um, I also think if she can take her, you know, exploit her defensively, um, I think that would be to Washington's uh, advantage as well. Slashing, getting to the basket, getting two feet in the paint and, you know, making other things happen for other players. Um, so that'll be that's my first matchup that that is going to be super indicative of who has the yeah. upper hand. Um, then we've got, of course, the one that everybody's probably going to talk about. Shakir <laughs> Austin and Brianna Stewart. We Ooh. have seen this play out before. Um, obviously both teams have had some more games under their belt. New York has had more time to kind of acclimate to Stewie's presence back in Stu York. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love that Stu York. Um, but this is one of those things where it's like, bring the popcorn. I think whoever wins this matchup wins the game. 
Um, and that doesn't mean, you know, either of them have to go for 30. That's that's not what I mean. I mean, you know, who whose impact is felt rebounding the ball? Whose impact is felt defensively? Um, and for me, Shakira has to play fearless, no holds barred basketball. Like we're accustomed to seeing her play. Um, but Stew Stewie and, and the Liberty to me need to force her to guard a variety of actions, kind of take her out of her rhythm. Um, so she, you know, her being off the ball, on the ball, she's always got to be worried about Stewie. And that way, even if Stewie doesn't get the bucks, somebody else can, you know, benefit from her not being at the rim. Um, and then lastly, it's got to be Benija Laney versus either Ariel Atkins or Brittany Sykes. I don't know who's going to be matched up with her. Um, but I always love to give Benija Laney her flowers. We forget that she is a scorer. Okay, she can take over a game if she needs to take over a game. Um, I think she's the X factor. Um, and, you know, she's a defensive stalwart as well. Whoever you put her on, she has the capability to neutralize. So those are the matchups that really matter to me. I love that you brought up Benajelani. I, I also love Shakira Austin versus Stewie. Yeah. I mean, putting aside the, the allegiances, I like Shakir Austin's game and I think <laughs> he put in work yes like I saw it immediately she put in work she's been expected to put in work and has been doing the work yeah. all work 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 all work 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 um and she's been she has been that girl like mm -hmm. crushing it I love to see it and Stewie uh, 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 she, you know, MVP champion, like yeah. that's that, you. You talk about work, and then you talk about work. Yeah, like, she's not backing be... down from any challenge. Mm -mm. I love it though, and that's why I love that you gave us that head to head because I really think that is going to show us um, where these two players are. Yeah, because as far as I'm concerned, Stewie is on track, in my opinion, to be an MVP, top three MVP candidate. Absolutely. This season. And Shakira Austin, like, see, see now when people talk MVP, like, you know, I, I anyway, that again, we're gonna have to have you back. We're gonna have to have you back. We're gonna have to have you back. <laughs> um, I mean, if you were to pick an MVP and have like a, a cluster of MVP for the Mystics, I, I think Austin's in that in that running. Mm -hmm. Now, does that mean league-wide? That's debatable, I think, right now. I think it's still early for Shakira Austin, but like that's the that's the kind of play that I'm seeing. That's the the potential, the excitement that I think she brings to every game. So I love that. I love that. And I am very curious to see the defense first mentality for Washington that's yeah. been very established versus the the um just the love to facilitate and to set up the teammates that comes from the Liberty. I mean, mm. top in the league when it comes to assists, because yeah. we just love when the ball is not sticking, when it's fluid, that's the best type of Liberty basketball. And I mentioned, I love that you mentioned Banajelani and I think coming out, um, coming off of the bench and rotating off there. I'm very curious to see where Kayla Thornton plays into this matchup. I think that's going to be an X factor for the Liberty because of how she plays. You want to talk yeah. about, you talk about a dog yeah. and like a low key silent dog bites you. And then five days later, you're like, Oh shoot. What the heck was that? <laughs> like just sneak attack. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Kayla Thornton puts in work and especially on the defensive end. And I do think that she can be a player that 
anchors the New York Liberty defensively against a team like the Washington Mystics. Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, you talk about bench production as well. I think, you know, you'll see, depending on what lineups are in, and I don't know how the coaches are going to shake things up uh, for the matchup in particular, but I think y'all might have us beat on, on bench production. I think, ooh, I think uh, you might right now. We're we going to have to see. We're going to have to wait till we have to see. Uh, so, yeah, in the first matchup, y'all definitely took that. Uh, bench points <laughs> were 24 to 11. But I think we've seen Niara step into her own. Jocelyn Absolutely. Willoughby is back healthy. Um, Shout you know, out UVA. Yay, there you go. Um, so I, I'm I'm very curious. I think you're right. The bench matchup is going to be interesting. And you mentioned Sabrina Ionescu. I was trying to look as you were talking to see if in real time we've gotten an update. But she has been out of the lineup dealing with a hamstring issue. That being said, the Liberty, uh, they have a game on Friday. Um, at the time we're recording, that game has not come to final yet. Uh, but the Liberty have had all week to mm -hmm. practice and all week for Sabrina to to get any kind of treatment or and or rest that she needs without having the grind of midweek games right. uh, they are going to be taking on Atlanta again I think that's going to be a very interesting matchup yeah. and so I don't know if we see Sabrina Ionescu again I just don't have that information as at the time that we're recording I don't know if we see Sabrina Friday, but I don't think if we don't see her on Friday, that means that she's not good to go for Sunday. Yeah, look, um, Sabrina, she's good to go. You know, obviously we want to, um, she hasn't played for a few days and not just a few, more than a few. Um, so we don't want to overload a minute. There's no restrictions. So we'll just go with what she's doing, but make sure she's getting those uh, the rest within the game. I, I think for me, both of these teams, and I, I don't want to speak for uh, Coach Brandella or for Coach Tebow, but <laughs> if I was in that seat, I'd be looking at this as, you know, reality check game, a, a, a moment to say, okay, where do I actually stack up against yep. a team who is definitely probably going to be a playoff contender? Um, yep. And, you know, if that's the case, if she's still having some soreness or uh, things with the hammy, I agree with you. If she's out Friday, I think she's targeting Sunday because she wants right. to match up as a competitor. Yeah, I agree. And again, we said these two teams are in that top five. Dallas on the heels, though. Dallas and Atlanta, come on, let's go! Like the the league is the league is on fire. Parody. And I know people have been talking about the super teams and the New York Liberty. That we benefit from that conversation. I don't always agree with the tag, or at least how the conversation is being had, but I understand it one hundred percent. But if you put aside the I almost said clickbaity. I mean, I do think. <laughs> I mean, if you put aside the, because you know how it goes, there's like two, three narratives and maybe two, three players that somebody somewhere, ESPN, uh, decides is going to lead the league for the season. And then we ride with that the whole time. Um, so putting that aside, the, the real conversation for me is you know the liberty has been able to stay in that top three for the most part but the 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 bottleneck is not at seven eight nine it's really at three four five for mm -hmm. me this this year at least right now we haven't even gotten an all-star break but it's gonna get it's gonna get really dicey um and i'm here for it <laughs> i am too i love the best i love it i love it i love it it just makes it that much more fun to watch the games when you really have no clear indication of who's gonna take a matchup
I love it. All right. So I don't really love predictions, but I think they're just kind of fun to put out there anyway. Um, now it can be a final score. Who do you think wins the game or who do you think will be an impact player? I'll leave that to you. But Misha, you are the guest. So you get to go first. Um, what are some of your bold predictions for this matchup on Sunday? Well, I do have to go with the Mystics getting the dub. <laughs> I think this is going to be down to the wire. Um, I think... EDD has 18. I think Shakira really has a game uh, offensively, but defensively rebounding the ball. Um, I think she's in double figures. Uh, final score? Hmm. I want to see overtime, first of all. Can I say that? Can we put Let's that out go. in the universe? Absolutely. Let's I love go. free basketball. Yeah. I want to see go. overtime. Um, Let's go. Final score? Let's call it. 92 95 mystics okay. okay all right i think that's definitely doable i like the ot um uh i really you know like that i'm gonna do it a little bit different i'm gonna remix it i i like your score i like ot um i want to say the liberty will win if we are able to get the majority or get more bench points than Washington. I love that you mentioned that. So I'm, I'm going to claim that we're going to take that. Um, I think also we're going to need um, Stewie to probably at least get us 25. <laughs> um, and I want to see the Liberty really dominate in uh, on the, on the boards. Okay. I think we have to just learn how to get in there offensive rebounds that was huge against phoenix i mean phoenix is a team they they got some things they got to work out but putting aside phoenix and how they were playing it looked to me watching that game that the liberty decided yes we are going to clean up these offensive rebounds and i need them to do that again in wash against washington they have to dominate rebounds if they want to have a chance to win this game in overtime okay <laughs> i'm gonna I'm steal i'm gonna add one more thing i'm gonna steal your the mystics will win if okay the mystics win if they have four players in double figures oh if four okay. players are not in double figures okay I don't know, but anyway. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, let's go. You know what would be interesting is if both teams like really just lean in and lock down. And we get 50 points. Yes! <laughs> yeah, I, I could see that happening too because we're, we're basically saying it's going to be a grudge match. Yeah. So, I mean, that's another alternative. We'll put that out as an alternative universe as well. That would be something. <laughs> I think that would be like – I, I don't think, generally speaking, in sports, people like low-scoring games, but I think those kinds of games are really exciting. Like, if I know we're not we're not here to talk about Connecticut, but they're a great example of a team that can score less than seventy, and that's a good game. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And I think there's game. a lot of people who love defense. Uh, so, you know, there's nothing wrong with, I, right now I see you, I'm a, I'm an offensive head, but I'm not mad at good defense because good defense wins championships as we know. That's so. it all day, all day. <laughs> um, well, Visha, we have wrapped this part. Uh, I did want to keep you on here because I, I know that we engaged at least about this particular podcast because of something that you said, uh, it, it was sparked by my, the amazing 
the fantabulous, the hella talented Monica McNutt. And basketball, the WNBA is often seen as a beacon in a lot of these ways of thinking differently about how we see women in sports, how we see black women in sports, how we see queer people in sports. That has slowly started to translate, I'd say really in the last two, three seasons yes. to the broadcast. But you put out a tweet that I thought was really on point that even though we are seeing the most of any sport when it comes to representation, especially for black and melanated, as I like to say, folk, there's still more work to do. So I'm going to give you on our preview episode of Gotta Get Up, a podcast for New York Liberty fans. I'm going to give you final word uh, when it comes to this topic. Um, what what brought that to the top of your mind and, and what's the next step? What's the next evolution for women's basketball in that sphere? Yeah, well, first and foremost, thank you for giving me some space to talk about this because I think I replied to your tweet like I'm ready to talk about it if folks are ready to listen um but I think you know the issue is an issue we see kind of across media across television across all sorts of different areas where you can find representation or not find representation I think a lot of times people overcomplicate it for me it's simple you look at the league how many you know for example like in my tweet how many masculine presenting people are in the league and then look at the broadcast crews who cover these games. How many masculine presenting people are on the broadcast crews? You know, it's, and it's not tea or shade whatsoever. And again, thank you to Monica McNutt, DMV born and bred, by the way, um, for, you know, kind of bringing this whole topic to the forefront. Um, but yeah, that's not tea or shade. That's just stating facts. And you can, you know, kind of pick a demographic and go through and say, okay, do we have enough folks who look like this, who who have this experience and this perspective, who are getting opportunities. I'm not saying, you know, you, you obviously have to evaluate talent. You obviously have to be, um, you know, particular about that because we want the best folks to cover the league. But on the same token, I think we just have to give more people opportunities. I don't think we need to overcomplicate it. Just find talent from all walks of life and give us opportunities. There's no need to, you know, um, nitpick. And, you know, I think, uh, I think we're headed in the right direction. Like you said, um, the W is, and was at the forefront um, in 2020 when so many things were happening, um, social justice issues, advocating for different groups of people. Um, and, and the W is, like you said, a beacon to bring all those people together. Um, and so if we're going to be that, you know, we got to we got to show and prove we got to lead by example in, in more ways than that as well. And so that comes down to finding people who look like the folks in your league to, to cover the game. Um, and who understand those experiences as well. I think it all comes down to improving the coverage, you know, improving your ability to relate um, to the folks in the league, the folks you're covering, and to be able to to give that to the masses in a really genuine and authentic way. So, um, but thank you for, for giving me the space to talk about that. I appreciate it. Of course. And, you know, that that's really what we we can do. That's the at minimum where where we should be as people covering the league, not only because it gives a, a wealth of, of knowledge and experience. I mean, look at the conversation that we had from a basketball perspective for all you like stick to sports folks like we did that. OK, <laughs> thank you. We did that. Yes. Period. Um, and we 
are here at different intersections. Like there are things where we align and where we identify similarly. And then there are experiences that you have that I don't and vice versa. And to see ourselves fully, not only in the sport that we enjoy and have grown up watching, but also in now the work that we do to amplify women in sports, or as I like to say, melanated creators in sports, those things are important as well. And I mean, you know, without getting into it, I know that a lot of people in our community on the on the sports journalism side, we have been championing that. Absolutely. We have also been calling out when it does not exist. And the culture is slow to change. There are people who are doing great work. I think we can say that. And we can say when they've been challenged to do a little bit of what you just mentioned and things that I have mentioned, Christina has mentioned, Ari Chambers has mentioned, we're still waiting. Yeah. And I think, you know, you, you say the culture is slow to shift, but it has to start somewhere. It has to begin somewhere. There has to be a disruptor, a change maker. And I think the WNBA has an opportunity to be that disruptor, that change maker. Well, Misha, thank you so much for joining us here on Gotta Get Up, a podcast for New York Liberty fans. But we we wanted to make sure we knew our opponent going into Sunday. <laughs> and, um, you know, we would love to have you back. We do our, uh, of course, our, our wrap ups at the end of the week where B Brian Florentin joins us, of course, usually from Barclays. And we do our what sisters are on the wall at Barclays bit, which we love doing. So we would love to have you back one way or another. But but um, if there's anything that you'd like to amplify for our listeners and uh, other people who follow Black Rosie Media, like how can we follow some of the work that you're doing either around the mystics or, or elsewhere? So I am on Twitter and Instagram at Mish the Journalist. Um, I am on TikTok at Think the Game B Ball. And yeah, you can follow me there. Keep up to date with all the things I got going on. Um, I want to give a shout out to William and Mary, Coach Aaron Dickerson Davis, the tribe. I'm looking forward to this season. Elevate Elite, my kiddos that I coach. And I just want to say happy pride, good people. Your Black queer love matters. I love that. We're here for it. Thank you so much. And like I said, we're just going to have to have you back. We got at least five shows we got to record after this. That's fine with me. That's fine with me. Thank you so much, Erica. You're so wonderful. I appreciate it. Thank you, Misha. And good luck, but just not on Sunday. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs>